Hi, this is Salvaje from Salvaje Gaming, and you're listening to Q for Fun. Welcome to episode 62 of Q for Fun, and we are doing, as you just heard, a roundtable episode with a guest. But before we get to that guest, let's start by talking about who's here and who's not here. Unfortunately, Royalite has been bogged down with work and cannot make it. Please uh, email uh, things to Congress to tell them that it's illegal to make fairy dragons work human jobs, and that that that's just you know wrong and bad, and that we need Royalite back on the show. But with us is Wicked Kitten. Hiya. How many podcasts did you do this week? Three hundred, four hundred. Uh, just um, just uh, two, three, nine, forty-five. And there we go. And also we have Sophia. Greetings. Who on Twitter posted her beautiful new haircut. I am beautiful. Thank you for asking. You are gorgeous. And <laughs> and what does it look like when you spin around murdering people? Um, well, it's, you get a lot of blood in it, so it kind of loses its luster, but still pretty does good. It, does it lose its luster or does it gain its sheen? That, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And our guest, who you heard at the top of the show, she is a Heroes and Variety streamer. She's a team partner with Wild Heart Esports, a host of gaming uh, for Gaming CC, a frequent player on Girls Game Squad uh, teams, and a caster as well. An all-around amazing woman that we are so happy to have join us. It's Selvahe. Heyo! Hello, hello! Thank you we for are, having me on. We are thrilled to have you on. We would have had you on earlier, but it was totally my fault for missing your reply for months. <laughs> because we don't always check the messages or someone someone else could check the messages in the Twitter and it's really easy to miss that when you do have multiple people on on a show Twitter. Uh but we are we are thrilled to have you on. I was first introduced to you um a night I was watching Fan and you were actually on his team and he complimented your play and he told a bunch of us to go over and follow you. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, we've we've discussed this night in, in in your in your chat. You remember it differently. Fan yeah. was actually Fan was actually very complimentary of you. Um, was it was it the Asmodan game? I don't remember what game it was. That's late night. I work eighty hours a week. I don't remember every little detail. Um, but it it was he was complimentary of you. He thought you played well, and he thought that people were being mean to you. And and someone in the chat had mentioned something. He's like, "Yeah, Silva, I played well. You should go. You should all check her uh, her Twitch." And a bunch of people went over and checked her Twitch because someone dropped it in the chat. And that's oh. how I that's how I discovered you. Um, and I was like, "Wow, this this chick is cool. So awesome." <laughs> and then you know, I got into uh, Girls Gang Squad stuff because of Soph and Wicked, and just. So much more cool stuff that you're doing, and your stream is one of my favorite streams to visit. It's also one of my favorite to spend the show Twitter saying, "Hey, everyone, go follow her, else fairy dragons might eat you." <laughs> Which is hey. our go-to for everything, because you know I live under the constant threat of fairy dragon devouring. So, fairy dragons are pretty spooky. They're cute mm-hmm. on the outside, but not very much on the inside. They're 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 balls of sunshine, glitter, and murder. <laughs> um, and and I work very closely with one of them, and and she's not here tonight, but she would have appreciated all the murder we did before uh, the show started. But before before the show started, we have to address the most important issue of the day. 
What's because this issue, Anne? In a throwaway tweet that I made before CCL started, I told Storm Esports that they needed to let Artanis through for Wildheart, because it's okay if they pick them, but they should ban Chogall just to get a reaction out of Bahamut. And they did it. And they did it again. And they did it a third time. And they skipped it once. And they did it a fourth time. And if you go to our Twitter, Q for Fun, uh, you will see all of Bahamut's reactions because I went through the VOD and clipped them all out <laughs> and Just posted them him. on Twitter. They're so awesome. Um, so uh, it's one of the it's one of the proudest moments of my life. I'm more proud of this than I am of breaking dread on on stream in HGC. There's there's a clip I have somewhere of of dread reading one of my tweets on screen during a match in HGC, and he just completely breaks. <laughs> Um, I, I love that. This this was just too much fun. Uh, and thank you, Bahamut, if you're listening to this show, uh, because he went and liked all the tweets about this, all 14 of them. What he a nice was, boy. He is very nice. But enough about the, the, the funny stuff about getting Cho banned for uh, trolling Bahamut, which just turned into a delightful meme. We're here to talk about Silvahe and... Um, as I said before, just thrilled to have you on, and I just wanted to let you talk a little bit, and we've got some interview questions. Um, I want to start with, and this is a question I've been taking for granted until we were talking more with Wicked Kitten, and she's been talking about how she didn't really get into video games until later in life because it was something that was never presented really as an option for her. So the question I wanted to ask you is, what's your history in video games? Oh, man. Well, video games, I, I did start pretty young <laughs> so uh, i originally started playing my dad's atari i i don't know the version or whatever it was but it was basically a joystick console that had multiple games on it, it had duck hunt on it it had uh, some space game that i can't really remember and i was i was fairly young I, if i had to estimate probably like a seven, eight, maybe, just to estimate. And I've been pretty addicted to video games on consoles since then. I moved on from the Atari to the Super Nintendo to to the Sega Genesis to the Xbox original, the original Xbox, and that's when I got first opened up to FPS games, and I played Halo, uh, Combat Evolved. A ton. Oh, <laughs> how much time did you spend in FPSs? Like, what, like when you started in Halo, what did you move to after that? Halo 2. <laughs> so I went from Halo Combat Evolved to Halo 2. And then we got ourselves... I don't know if Halo 2 was released on the 360. I think it was. So I got the 360. It was Halo 2. And that was my first experience with Sims, was the next game that I opened up to. And I'm still a craving Sims addict to this day. I love Sims 4. Yeah, I, saw your, I saw your tweet about just modding Sims endlessly. What is modding Sims like? And do you, do you write the mods? Or is there a template that you build off of? Or how does that work? Oh, no, you just download them. So modding Sims is actually a lot easier than I thought. I've always been terrified of it. And on consoles, you can't mod Sims. And uh -huh. this oh, year so was... Go ahead. 
I thought you were making mods for Sims. But no, just adding... no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay, okay. I was giving you more credit than than I should have. My apologies. Yeah, 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 yeah. way more. <laughs> no, I just started adding mods to my Sims games, and it, it completely changes the game. Really cool. And... Yeah, mods, mods and single player games are great. You can't really play Stardew Valley without mods because there's so many good ones. I Stardew Valley is tough for me. I I get very bored very quickly in that game. Oh, I'm sorry. Have a hard time. I know. I honestly. When it comes to games like Stardew Valley, Time at Porsche, uh, those games that have romance options, Fire Emblem, uh, Fates, those games, if they have romance options, that's all I go for, really. And Stardew Valley <laughs> takes a long time to do that. And I was like, this is a waste of my time. He's not even that hot. But <laughs> no, that's the sad thing about the boys in Stardew Valley is none of them are that hot. But we'll get to hotness of boys <laughs> later. True. I okay. dis- I, di- I disagree. Okay, defend defend your boy in Stardew Valley, Seth. Sebastian. He's <laughs> nah. he's an emo. Okay, Sebastian. I forgot about Sebastian. Programmer who lives in in a basement and plays video games and D and D with his friends. Okay, Sebastian is the rides a motorcycle. Boy. He rides a motorcycle. Okay? <laughs> okay. I'm basic. I went for Alex because he was a jock. I was like, yeah, he's kind of dumb. That's okay. He's cute. <laughs> it's always it's always abigail it's always abigail abigail's really pretty yeah so, i do abigail's cutie what'd you get into, how'd you get into heroes of the storm yeah so moving on after the xbox 360 and i had the xbox one after the xbox one is when i got and i was working for gamestop for four years little fun fact about me oh and that's when i first started talking about pc gaming and at the time i had a boyfriend who was studying computer science and he was like, I can help you build a PC. So it's not that expensive. And I was like, okay, sick. So I, we built my first PC around 500 bucks and was able to play Sims. That's the only reason why I wanted it at first, to play Sims. Nice. And then at work at GameStop, uh, Heroes of the Storm went on sale. And I was like kind of exploring different Blizzard games at the time. I played Diablo a little bit. I downloaded StarCraft and hated it. So I never tried it again. And... Uh, then Heroes of Storm was there, and I go, okay, the starter pack was 10 bucks instead of its usual 25 And it came with 10 heroes, a mount, and some gems and gold. I was like, okay, I'll buy this and try it out. And it was really obnoxious at first. I hated Heroes of the Storm at first. And it wasn't until I just gave it another shot out of the blue because I just saw it sitting on my desktop. I was like, screw it. I'll try it again. And then I started reading up on it, watching what other people were doing. And then I started getting the hang of it. And I wanted to save up for the first hero that I thought was really pretty, which was Brightwing. (laughs) Actually. That's the correct choice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I loved her. I was like, I love this little dragon. I love how she's a support. I was really into the support role because I just was, that was usually my role in a lot of different games that I would play that had roles or in RPGs that had roles. I'd always want to be the person that kept my team alive and was able to just support in any way possible. So yeah, so, Brightwing really caught my eye. So what got you started streaming? Oh, that's, streaming's a more recent thing so i started i first started playing heroes of the storm in 2014 2015 yeah, uh somewhere you're, you're around right there. on the heels of tech alpha as it's entering beta when it when it was player ranks is when i was playing so yeah. rank one two, was, three, four, five. yeah yeah i remember those that's when i started playing and 
that those times I was actually doing YouTube videos. I was a, a big YouTuber <laughs> that I really wanted to be. And this is when YouTube was first kind of flourishing and I really want to get into it. And I was already enjoying video editing and learning how to torrent <laughs> all those things. I don't know and what you're talking about. <laughs> it was us do. We don't know anything about torrents. No one, no one knows anything about it. So I was a YouTuber for about, I want to say three or four years. And I didn't start streaming until two years ago. I actually hit my two year anniversary this year in March. And I only, thank you. And I only started streaming because YouTube, I, I didn't have the motivation to do YouTube anymore and to fully edit videos and try to build up the community I had before I stopped. So I tried out Twitch, and I was never really a Twitch person. It was actually my boyfriend right now who got me into Twitch, and he was really adamant about Twitch being like his form of entertainment. So then I started checking it out. I fell, <laughs> I fell in love with Tyler 1. I thought he was so funny. And other streamers checked out Pokimane, checked out all these other streamers. And then I said, you know what? This is like an easier version of YouTube. Let me try this. And I tried it. Oh, and as I was playing, uh, sorry, kind of jumping around a little bit. As I was playing Heroes, when I play with people, I, you know, I was funny or a little toxic here and there. And people would say, you know, you're really entertaining to play with. You should stream. You should stream. And I kept hearing, you should stream. You should stream. So then I decided to do it. And I started streaming uh, two years ago mm -hmm. in March. And here we are. And I really, really enjoy it. And your stream is really great. You've got fantastic energy, great personality, and you're really excellent at the game. You're a lot of fun to watch. Thank you. I it's really true. appreciate that. Come a you're... long way. I've come a long way. So let, let's talk about this, because you talked about having been uh, previously a support main or healing people, keeping people alive in your game. Right now, what's your main role or your main character in HOTS? So as of the moment, I don't necessarily have a main role. I really enjoy healing and tanking the most. I tend to just enjoy different heroes in different situations. So I do consider myself a true flex. However, if I was ever to try to bring this to the next level, I would probably enroll as a healer main. Mm -hmm. uh, but for Storm League itself, I'm a pure flex. I'll play whatever and every kind of role someone would need and have fun on it. That's amazing. Oh, uh, Lucio is what you're saying. <laughs> I was a Lucio OTP for, for a whole season. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? He's so good. Uh, he's not a bright one. <laughs> so, uh, any of, we, we just had a patch on Tuesday. Uh, is there any effect of the new patch on any of your favorite heroes that you're liking, you're not liking? Anything that... that assuming a dev was listening to this, which they're not, by the way, but assuming a dev <laughs> was listening to this show... Is there any, like, thing you're really happy about with the new patch or anything you're really kind of like, eh, come on? I really like the Vala changes. I think she feels good. Mm -hmm. I'm on the edge of making Anduin good. He, I, he's tough now. Anduin's, a, I think, has become a much harder hero to play and doesn't really have a lot of builds versatility. I only find success in one build that I've been running over and over again and testing things out. So he's meh. 
And then I'm sad about Rainer. I am pretty sad about Rainer. I feel that he didn't really need any tweaking. And this is coming from someone who played 13 Rainer games in a row and won them all. So <laughs> I, I love Rainer. And I was really upset about it. I think his ace in the hole is really garbage. And yeah, don't go look all don't, over the place. Don't go look at our, at our tier list where we put Rainer at the bottom for least fun to play with. <laughs> Oh my gosh, when, before they changed him, everyone, when I did those 13 games, I was streaming the, the whole time, and everyone was like, mm -hmm. why are you still playing this boring hero? I was like, what do you mean boring? I shoot things and they die. How does it get, it gets, how does it get more fun than that? That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> no, and, and it's just like, you know, he's, our, our, our reason for the bottoming of him, and I'll pull up the tier list just right now. Um, the, these, these are boring heroes. Uh, no, um, we actually put, we put them in the very bottom, the, my friend suck tier. And if you play Anna, Artanis, Genji, Hanzo, Illidan, Raynor, or Uther, you need new friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hanzo's in there. Yeah. Hanzo's, Hanzo's in there. kind of a babe. Hanzo's in there more because of the, the complete asshole that he is in Overwatch. Um, True. he is a big jerk. And you know he's he's not he's not worthy at all of McCree. He's just not of McCree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's this fanfic I'm running into? Oh, that's based. <laughs> Look, if you if you since you said in the pre-show since you don't really know the lore uh, from from things, uh, <laughs> the fans have made up most of the Overwatch lore, and Hanzo and McCree are are a couple, and May and Zarya are a couple, and. That's just the way it is, because fanfic is canon, and fan art is canon. And <laughs> Hanzo I, McCree, huh? It's pretty hot. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's incredibly hot. And you're right, Hanzo is a babe, but... McCree deserves yeah. better, I'm sorry. McCree totally deserves better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we put Raynor in the bottom because it's just like, he's, he's, he's a win-more hero, he's not a fun hero. We put certain heroes in certain places because they're more fun than other heroes to play. But you do make a good point that winning is fun. So, Yeah, that's one of the mindsets that have been difficult for me to get out of. I'm slowly getting there, especially with GGS. Is you can't make winning fun because when you don't win, it's really unfun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's something very, very difficult to change about your mindset. So what character do you like, but they're just not viable in the current meta? What character would you like to see reworked and, and buffed significantly? Hmm. I don't think necessarily reworked and buffed. Right now, I think Li Ming has fallen quite a bit. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she needs buffs or any reworking. However, it's just this current meta. She feels almost niche sometimes to pick because now we're seeing a lot more frontline. We're seeing triple bruisers now instead of tanks. We're seeing double support a lot. Like today I had a double support comp with Azul as a tank. So uh -huh. you would, it, it worked. I mean, but it's good. Like we have Rhaegar and Alexstrasza who both do damage and have big, big heals if you want. So it works. And Li Ming has fallen because she requires a comp to have a squishier backline or an ETC for their frontline instead of the popular tanks that are right now. So I would like to see her climb back up, but in order for that to happen, more backliners have to be stronger. Yeah. Um, 
who is the oh. worst hero in Hots and why is it Uther? Oh man. Well now it might be Uther because of his nerves. <laughs> but No, it's Uther because this is the sh- this is a show backed by hungry fairy dragons. True. Hungry fairy, fairy dragons, dragons don't like Uther. Would like to remind you that Uther is food, not a friend. <laughs> well, besides Uther, I think Lunar is very bad right now. And I want to see her have bigger damage numbers that have more of an impact and doesn't just stroke someone's ego because their number is highlighted in white. Hey, some people like having their ego stroked. <laughs> Wicked kitten. Some people are Lunara mains and they're they're quite good on them as you just played two games with Lunara mains. And, and For sure. I know uh, Luna does really well on Lunara, but she runs a completely different build than most Lunaras in that the build requires you to play extremely precise and know exactly the target you're going for and to make sure to kill that target with your cooldowns. Um, so everyone just opts for like splintered spear builds instead. But I think she's pretty bad right now. If if you're looking at Lunara, there's probably three other damage dealers that could do it better. Wicked, wicked keep playing Lunara. You're great. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 you know, we're worried. talking at uh, uh, you know, uh, if you're looking at a competitive level, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're I'm playing in a different league than. Us, yeah, so people don't know what to do with poison. It's fine. I'm good where I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, people, people in bronze, silver, and gold cannot handle poison. And or boss fiery stuff. Yeah. No the, the number of kills Wicked Lands for us. She's basically our carry when we're playing, and it's it's really fun. Um, she doesn't like I it when it. I say that. She doesn't like it when I say that, but it's true. You're a carry. You're a carry, wicked. <laughs> I completely believe out. that. But it's, it's fun to le- leap on people's faces. Yeah, I like leap. But like, it's also good to hear what's good in other, you know, in in the higher ups because as we're trying to move out of bronze and silver and all that, you know, we're going to have to adjust the way that we play. So it's good mm-hmm. to hear, you know, things like that. And finally, our final question, who is the best dancer in Girls Gang Squad? Both the character and the player. Oh. I know we Ming. were looking at the, the Kael'thas <laughs> dance is pretty good. We were no, just I think Li Ming has the hottest dance. She literally like twerks. That's true. It's pretty hot. Yeah, she shakes her butt and then you can line it up with another character and it looks like she's grinding on them. I think it's pretty hot. <laughs> it's actually really funny. I did it the other day with a Lucio, and I was like, hey, come here, baby. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but besides me on Li Ming, <laughs> I also really, really enjoy um, uh, Chromie's dance. She has hmm. the backup dancers when she does her dance. She has two little oh. Chromie time thingies, whatever. They're sand Chromies, and they dance with her on the sides. Oh, cool. Adorable. All right. Um, so, so those that's just getting to know Sabahe. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about as we're going, as we're going through this. And uh, we're going to go through these discussion topics uh, as they are. I'm going to try and pull back a little bit. Um, but I wanted to start with something that you mentioned a little while ago on Twitter. And I'm just going to pull the uh, tweet up. And you had said... One day I want to talk about internet relationships, including online friendships, e-dating, and the fine line between networking and creating genuine connections with people. 
The digital world is a spooky place when it comes to curating meaningful connections with others. And it really struck me because the best friends that I have right now in the world are the other girls that I'm podcasting with in Royal Light and Sof and Wicked. And our connection has become very, very strong. It's like we, we actually have been re- re- referring to our Saturday Night Hots as murder therapy sometimes when we don't record a show. Um <laughs> Because it's just very therapeutic to go in there and stomp people, um, but it's also it's also become much more of a um, of of a very deep friendship that is only probably ever going to exist online. It's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to travel to see any of these three people, uh, which is sad. But at the same time, it means the relationship is always here. And so I wanted to bring this up because. I thought it was an interesting topic, especially as we're still dealing with COVID and we're still in uh, at least semi-lockdown difficulty traveling, you know, and a lot of people in the last, you know, year and two months have made a lot of these friendships and even relationships online. And I wanted to give you space to talk about it and also invite Soap and Wicked to talk about it more. Oh, yeah, for sure. So this tweet came honestly from the heart. And unfortunately, something had happened to me. Uh, recently in regards to an online relationship that I had. And when I say relationship, I don't purely mean romantic. I mean platonic as well. And a relationship that was severed, you know, that caught me off guard and put things into perspective because this wasn't the first time something like this has happened to me where you consider yourself very close to someone and then one negative instance happens and you're completely cut off. So that's what generated the feeling of wanting to talk about internet relationships and how when it comes to my real life relationships compared to my internet relationships, I do genuinely cater more and favor those in real life than I do online. And I like to sit back because I... There's certain people that I have online that I can depend on. However, these people that I've met online, I've met in real life. And I've come to this mentality where online friendships are not dependable. And they only become dependable when you create a physical connection. Is the mindset I have grown to favor when it comes to creating online relationships. And that's where this all generated from, right? From that mindset. <clears throat> so, so wicked. I, I can yeah, kind of think... see where having some bad experiences, like I, I've, you know, been playing online games for years, like, wow. And there's been so many people that come and go and like, so one day they just drop off the face of the earth and you're like, I wonder whatever happened to that person. We were really close and it's, it's really weird to not... To not know what happened to somebody that mm-hmm. used to like talk to every day. Yeah. For sure. Wicked. I think that um I've spent a, a really long time uh in the last, I guess, six years now, building a lot of internet relationships and um I have had like the same thing. Um people who disappeared and I think it's because it's just, it is so easy to, you know, just log off or go offline as opposed to, you know, having somebody in 
in real life who's there and they can't get away because you know <laughs> that actually sounds like <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know so <laughs> but I'm I'm incredibly introverted and asocial and I don't have a lot of uh, like friendships outside in the real like here you know like I have people at work I talk to I have like a best friend and a couple other people that sometimes I go out with but I don't have like a large bunch of people where mm -hmm. I live in you know IRL and these people that I've met online you know like I was just gonna say wicked that's me <laughs> and, and Anne and, and Royal Light and and so many others um they've you know they've kind of become my family and I always it's just like I don't know how and you don't know because there's no there's no guarantee to anything like maybe one day you know Soph will disappear I, I doubt you will but you know what I mean you know it's just like I don't know but mm -hmm. like I forgot where I was going with this and now I don't know how to roll back <laughs> no it's fine but see I had I, I I had a guild in WoW from 2009 2015 or 16 that I was part of uh, that I left and I left it for a couple of reasons. And one of the reasons was the current guildmaster and one of the other officers had thought it was funny to do some digital blackface. Mm, yikes. And this, I'm never going to mention the name of the guild. I'm never going to mention the server it was on because frankly, these are stupid kids who should have known better. And I read them the riot act. My wife also wanted to get on and read them the riot act because she was pissed off about it too. Because I tell my <laughs> wife everything. Um, but this was an LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ guild that I never came out in as trans. I just passed as a cis woman the entire time I was in. Because even though they advertised themselves as LGBTQ, there were multiple people in the guild who were uncomfortable with transness. And it was just like actually coming out to them was really not an option. And we had one... Um, guy who was the straight brother of one of the um, gay co-founders of the guild who was just a fucking asshole I don't know why his brother continued to put up with him uh, and would like demand girls get on voice and just like you know seriously fuck mm. you um, drove yes. drove one of our tanks out of the guild because she was like she was like no not gonna happen um and I, I flat out refused because my voice is, makes me very self-conscious. I've talked multiple times on Twitter about how editing this podcast gives me dysphoria. Um, but it was just, I, I threw those people away because there wasn't a single person there worth keeping. Um, there, was another, there was another girl who I was close friends with who was busy liking posts on Facebook that she didn't know were white supremacist. And I'm just like, just because a guy is nice to you doesn't mean you ignore everything about him. And oh, dear. Just, yeah, she's complete, complete, wonderful human being. Very nice. Very, very oblivious. Um, and just a whole bunch of things that were just kind of like going very wrong in, in this, in the space. And just like, and so after six years, I left the server 
I changed my character name. Most, some of my characters are still on the server, but I've retired from WoW. And it's just like, that was a lot of people that I just dumped out of my life. And I said goodbye to all of them. I'm just like, I'm never coming back. And there were other reasons behind it too. But that's, that severing that connection for me was as real as when my best friend, who had been my best friend for 15 years, um, does not like my wife, did not like her before, and basically just said, you know, fuck you, I'm gone. And I'm just like, bitch. <laughs> and it was the same level, whether it was a personal, physical connection like it was with my best friend of 15 years, who we were sisters. We were we were very much sisters for 15 years. Um, and with this guild of people who I'd been around with for six years, and those... Both those severings feel the same. It's a little easier for me to to, to take the the severing with the guild because of the the bullshit racist crap that was happening that made me want to punch somebody. But uh, it still it still hurts. And occasionally, one of them will see me on. Well, one of them would have seen me on my my old characters that are on that on that old server that I haven't paid to transfer, and I'm not deleting them. I spent too much time building them up to max level. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just. And, and it's th- those those feelings are as real as the feelings I have for people in the real world. Just as the, you know, the feelings that I have for Soap and Relent and Wicked are as real as the pe- the feelings I have for my real friends that, that I actually used to see, who are right down the street. We used to like cook together and stuff. Because mm. um, you know, Wicked is a real person. Yeah. Soap is a real person. Roylet's a real person. And no, she, she's a fairy dragon. I'm a cat, so Yeah. Well, my <laughs> wife likes to think of herself as a cat, so you're in good company. All right. Um, mm-hmm. and it's also why she's defensive of you. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, how can you be mean to a kitten? True. I want so. I also want to point out this there's this one like feeling I always have about internet friends, because like as much as I love you, like we could be on a call playing heroes. I could choke to death and none of you could do anything to help me. You just have to listen to me talk. Wow, that's so oh, dark. No. I know oh, it's dark, no. but like it's just like mm-hmm. sometimes I think about that. Like, that's awful. Like none of you could help me. Yeah. I could Wait. I could mm-hmm. I could die I could die tomorrow, get hit by a bus. And, and we would never not, know. You might not find out about it for days. Well, we could find you. your wife on Twitter and ask her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if she looks ne- at if she, if she looks at her Twitter after I get run over by a bus, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, probably not her if, first priority. Because <laughs> she 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 really only looks at Twitter like once a week to find cat pictures and possum pictures. So, um, at, I'm sorry I brought it down. It's <laughs> okay, but it's totally fine. <laughs> but it is but it's important to understand there's a difference between real life and online and. But that doesn't mean the friendships have to be lesser. It, it depends on the stock that you put in them. And the stock you put in them might have to do with who you are and the experiences you've had. This has nothing to do with Heroes of the Storm, except that a lot of us met through video games. And, and through Heroes. I actually think Heroes of the Storm is a perfect example of realizing the different types of relationships Go for it. that exist for the internet. And one of the things that I find interesting very very interesting it is it's hard to distinguish whether or not someone is trying to create a genuine connection with you or if they're trying to network and the lines have become blurred 
very, very, very blurred. And uh, you almost need someone to blatantly tell you that they're trying to network at this point. Mm-hmm. And the, the, reason why, the reason why I say these things is because when you're getting to know all these people and you're getting to know these communities, everything from the outside seems fantastic. And the communities are wonderful. Everyone's getting along with one another. And again, this is a little bit of a negative connotation simply because of my experiences and comparing what real life people have done for me and what internet people have done for me and then comparing the two. So back to my point with these communities, the relationships can become shallow very quickly without you realizing it until it's too late. And what I mean by that are, like it's just difficult to determine whether or not this is just for business. And after this is done, after this is event and is done, after this, whatever it is we're doing is complete, what we've built doesn't hold any value any longer because whatever it was that we were building it for has come to fruition. So that's what I have noticed quite a bit in a lot of the Heroes of the Storm communities. And even growing as a smaller streamer, you just notice that everyone is so friendly with each other. But when it gets down to it, no one really cares. And I'm, of course, I'm talking about people that you're meeting and who come to you and say, hey, I really love what you're doing. This is great. This is awesome. I want to help you grow. Here's five subs, whatever it may be, right? And then, you know, all this goes for a long time. And then you try to get closer and you try to make a deeper connection. Oh, just kidding you're not really serving the purpose that I originally intended. I'm going to move on. Okay, and that I'm sure pisses me off. that, that pisses me the fuck that, off. Yeah. But that's the reality, you know, and it, ha- it happens in real life too, but there's something about it online where it dresses itself as a, a like pretty fa- friendship. There's something about not being able to see someone's face that I can do in real life. And I see someone's face and I, Oh, Nimbus. Nimbus is upset about it too. My lord. <laughs> uh, yep. Hold on one second while I close my door. Okay. So the reason why that pisses me off so much is because I spent a lot of the last two weeks, whenever I got a chance, I am if I saw, if I saw, if I saw one of the hot streamers who's associated with girls. Thanks squad. Or just happens to be all of this stress to the next question, uh, okay. the next topic to talk about. And we do want yeah. to move through some of these. I was going to say Go one thing about the networking um, thing, because like that's another side of of like the community, because I of not necessarily in Heroes, but of some of the communities that I'm a part of, I've actually had instances like this where people have tried to form relationships with me and it wasn't necessarily for friendship it was kind of trying to get at basically who i knew you know what i mean and it wasn't it didn't feel good 
to realize that. Um, so I like, get that. Oh, part. you're just using me. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's move on yeah. to the because we have two streamers here who are doing, and I'm going to use the word because I put it in quotations. We're doing small-ish streams, and Wicked Kitten yesterday objected to the term small streamer. I still don't completely understand why, but I want to talk about the challenges that smaller streamers are having, and even the label of small, and I wanted to start with Wicked Kitten, just let her talk about why she doesn't like the label of a small streamer. So, because I thought, I thought you made some really good points about it, and I want to hear more. I think for, for me, I know there's... Um... There's a lot of like support small streamer things, and and I'm not saying that's not a good thing. Of course, you know support uh, the the smaller of the streamers, but just like especially for me, when I say things like I'm a small streamer, I'm a small podcaster, it's kind of like a way to, you know, um, abate imposter syndrome. I don't know if I'm using the right words, um, or make it like more bearable because like I don't feel like I'm where I am or something. So it and and it also serves to like deflate other people's expectations of what I'm doing. So like like my mother, if I tell her, oh, I'm doing a podcast, and then she gets excited, like she thinks I'm doing something, you know, uh, that I'm gonna get paid for or something like that. And it's um, I don't know. So like it it makes it easier in that way for me, or like that's why I don't like to say it though, because it also it takes the air out of my accomplishments because when I do, when I do do something, do do, um, <laughs> you know, I've made myself like this smaller person. Um, so it's totally like a personal experience for me. And like, once again, I support if you want to call yourself like small streamer and support definitely. Cause like, I mostly watch small streamers. I prefer small streamer. I'm going to keep using the word, <laughs> but it's just like one of those things that it always, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think I feel like we should just jump in at any yeah. time, Salvaje. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, the term "small streamer" doesn't bother me too much. Uh, it's kind of where it draws the line of when you become a bigger streamer. Because literally the other day, Unaleska tweeted that she was a small streamer. Oh and I go, my gosh! And I go, <laughs> Una, if you're a small streamer, then I'm a speck. What are you talking about? Right. Uh, <laughs> That's like so, medium. <laughs> no, I I think she's on the bigger side. I forty k is nothing to scoff at. She's probably more now. Uh, people following her. Uh, wow. So I know I know probably people consider small streaming maybe as in the viewers because even though the num the numbers around forty k, the viewers aren't forty k. You're getting around you know two hundred, three hundred, four hundred instead. Uh, so it's kind of where the label of small falls into. Is mm -hmm. it the viewers or is it the followers? And a lot of the times people contextualize it to the viewers. So if you're, if you have, you know, Tyler one number, 60K people watching you play League of Legends and drilling at your desk, then, you know, you might be a big streamer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I can, I consider myself a small streamer. Um, you know, we're trying to hit the first milestone of any smaller streamer which is a thousand followers it's amazing it's awesome uh i don't like i don't know if you said this i think so so i'm gonna say i agree with you wicked i don't like the kind of surface level approach to supporting small streamers and one of these approaches i'm very familiar with and will never fall for it again are discord servers 
I don't know if you've ever had experience with that, but there's a lot of Discord servers where they're trying to build a community in the Discord of small streamers to support each other. However, you have to follow the Discord, you have to be active in the Discord, and you have to... There's a lot of rules to it. No, I did not fall into that. Oh, yeah, I fell into one of them, and I was like, this is stupid. And one of the things was they would go into each other's streams and promote their own stuff. Oh, and I go, oh, that's weird. That's, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> like, you're not really... I, I get the idea. I get the idea of promoting each other within each other's streams. And, you know, the bigger streamers that are considered small streamers can help the even smaller ones. And I'm like, this is dumb. Stop promoting in my, in my chat. And then I got met with negativity. And I was like, bro, if we're being honest, I haven't gained any followers or extra viewers from your stupid-ass Discord. So... I always thought that was Keep a pretty basic, like, rule of Twitch streaming is you don't go into someone else's chat and just, like, start promoting your shit. <laughs> well, it's like you're part of this Discord community. Like, they make a panel for you to put on your stream. They mm. ask you to put their icon, uh, you know, onto your overlay somewhere. So I, mm. I've had I've had a lot of different Discords reach out to me and ask to join. And I'm like, guys, I get, like, 10 viewers. Chill out. I'm not doing this. This is stupid. <laughs> Uh, you should so, get more viewers because your stream is excellent. And I'm going to keep saying that. So It's growing. I mean, you know, it's growing a lot of the times when it comes to streaming and when, when it comes to any sort of success in life. And I try to preach this all the time. You know, everything comes with an ounce of luck. All of the work you're doing, everything you're putting out there. If you're putting 40 hours of work into something and you're putting your passion into it and you have everything prepared, all you need is one stroke of luck and you're going to blow up. The issue is when people get that stroke of luck and have nothing prepared and ha are actually like very unprepared individuals who don't care about anything and they're the ones who got that stroke of love, luck and then fail. So that's how you become successful in streaming. If this is something you want to do as a lifestyle and as a full-time job, first of all, make sure you have some sort of passive income coming in. Do not make this your full, full-time position uh, from the get you have to make sure you have a foundation before you try to do something like that and second of all you gotta have the realization that this requires some ounce of luck and you have to have in my opinion one of three qualities you have to be entertaining you have to be good at the game or you have to be highly attractive if you have two of those qualities you'll make it if you get that one ounce of luck Oh, you have all three of those. Oh my god, thank you. You're Where's welcome. It's luck. <laughs> yep. I think I well, have two. <laughs> you've got all three. Oh. Thank you. I, I love talking so, about Yeah, we can have all three. <laughs> yeah. But the but the the thing the thing that I wanted to bring up with this again and and I think that small streamers are, are great. I love small streamers. I'm pretty much only watching small streamers and, unless I'm scouting out bigger hero streamers just for like shits and giggles but i watch basically your stream um willow stream my internet daughter chrissy stream uh <laughs> and and jazlyn streams and that's about it that's 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 about all there is to it uh and it's just something that disguised toast used to say in his streams when people would would would, would um ask him if he wanted their prime sub he said he'd tell them no I don't need it. Go give it to a small streamer. Uh -huh. And 
that's just one of the things that makes him like one of my favorite streamers, one of my favorite content creators is that he recognized the position that he was in. He was getting paid to play uh, games on stream. He was doing promo streams. He was doing, he, he was getting paid to be disguised toast. And he's like, yeah, don't give me your Twitch prime. Go give that to someone who needs it. And that's a great attitude to have because I think this community gets better the more we grow it. And that gets to the next question to, to talk about the next uh, discussion topic representation in streaming because there were some numbers put out recently just about the gender gap that exists in streaming when you look at when you look at big female streamers versus versus big male streamers and the comparison was between i forget the men at the top because i don't care about them um <laughs> but you look at you look at the the difference between the men and the big female streamers like uh pokimane or uh valkyrie who are who have amazing streams um, and even though they're big, like Valkyrie was only like 97th overall in streams. And she's like one of the biggest female streamers there is. And, but there's also another, another gap that I want to talk about as far as representation in streaming. And it's good because we also have two, uh, Latinx, uh, people on, on the conversation tonight. And that's a race issue that's happening in streaming in that streaming is still largely seen as the domain of of white and Asian people, and it's very hard for um, African-American, Latinx, uh, Middle Eastern streamers to get a foot in the door or to be seen as, as streamers. And that's an interesting uh, concept to talk about because, again, we have two Latinx and if I'm even using that word correctly, and if I'm not, correct me. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's a thing that needs to be talked about, is that there is still kind of a race problem in, in this space. And a gender problem. Hmm. This is a very good conversation. Not to, mention, not to mention a queer problem. And yes. all of these are big, I think all of these are, are intertwined together, in that video games are kind of seen as a domain of this group over here. And this is the conversation we had kind of earlier at the very start where, you know, Wicked Kitten has told us that she wasn't, you know, video games weren't a thing for girls in her household. It and was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I have older brothers that are about 10 years older than me and they had Atari and Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, Play, you know, they had everything growing up and I wasn't given anything. Like I've even asked for, forget what I asked for. Was it a Nintendo? You said a Game Boy the other day. Game Boy? Yeah, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter how old I am. But the point is, is <laughs> you know, it was just, it was never, that just wasn't something that I got to play. It wasn't something I was allowed. And because they were like 10 years older than me, they didn't want to play with me. I wasn't going to be like anywhere near what they were doing. And, you know, as I got older and my brothers were, you know, in their 20s, uh, you know, then that's when I finally got introduced to some things, but I still didn't start gaming because I still didn't feel like it was for me. So it took me, it took me a long time to actually start playing. And now I still feel like I have this, um, this muscle memory gap from everyone else who's been playing like their whole life. So like, as much as I play, I, I feel like I'll never be as good. Is that weird? I just said my insecurity no. on the internet. I'm sorry. No, it's, you know. it's not weird at all. I I completely empathize with your situation. Uh, but Annalise, if you wanted to say something first, you yeah, can but, feel free. 
and and then just turning it back into the streaming space and you know we see this we see this issue of streams being dominated by white and asian males and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with them there's you know a lot of really good streamers there but there is this problem there is this gender gap in streaming and it's the same in gaming and we'll get to it in esports as well as well as a race as well as a race issue and as well as as well as a, a, a queer representation issue which you know is more stuff to talk about but go off i just set the but, topics up you guys do whatever you want whatever you want with them i'm going to kind of categorize it a little bit and begin with why we probably don't see poc streamers higher or more of them and a lot of it you can just relate to statistics almost there's not a lot of us out there that we're called minorities for a reason we're a minority and when you have the minority already at a disadvantage of being a smaller group of people now you're going to be adding on the different opportunities that these minorities are provided. So I'll just use myself as an example since I can't, you know, speak for everyone who who identifies as Latinx or Oh, yes, you can. You're otherwise. No, I'm kidding. You can't. But... <laughs> so I'll just speak from my own personal experience. So I had the privilege, I did have the privilege of being able to play video games when I was younger because my parents valued hard work. And I brought home the A's. I was working at the age of 14 in a retail store that my parents owned and they recognized the hard work I was putting into it. So they allowed me a reward. They asked what that reward was. And I said, video games. And I'm like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I was exposed to video games at, a, at an early age, but I, I was horrible. Obviously I was horrible at them. My brothers are actually, well, one of my brothers, my other brother sucks. One of my brothers, <laughs> one of my brothers, is actually I would consider mechanically faster than I am. He and he's, you know, he's nine or no, he's twenty. Oh my god, he's twenty one. But he's twenty. Oh no, he's eighteen. The other one's twenty one. Sorry. Cut that part out. It's fine. Yeah. Just cut that out. <laughs> You've identified um, the good and the bad brother accidentally already, so go ahead. Yeah. So basically I consider my younger brother, who just turned eighteen, to be mechanically more advanced than I am in gaming. And, you know, you can go down a whole rabbit hole of how you would determine what happened, nature versus nurture, what have you. However, we grew up pretty poor. Uh, very, very poor, actually. Uh, our town was the poorest in the entire state. And uh, compared to the state's wealth, we were considered the poorest town in the nation. This was back in 2017, I want to say. It might be earlier. And... After, besides consoles and PC gaming or anything in my own home, I wasn't exposed to any of that outside of the home or in my school. My school couldn't afford game development classes. My school couldn't afford uh, digital media, which those intertwine quite often, uh, courses. My school couldn't afford an entryway to esports or anything like that. And when I got into college, I went to the University of Connecticut. And I started speaking to other students, and I realized their schools had all this available to them from the get-go. And when you compare statistics on a national average, the minorities typically don't have the same opportunities as the majority. So you can use that to kind of explain streaming. You know, if you're already having this huge gap of people not being shown an opportunity within their own schools or their own communities, 
how do you expect them to even find out about streaming, which is an even more niche community? So it, it makes sense to me why there's such a large racial gap and why there's such a large gender gap. It's just simply the opportunities that are provided at what age and how young and how you can master those skills. However, you know, you can make the argument that younger kids, like my brother's doing better than me at, at streaming and he's 18. You know, how do you explain that then? Well, he's got you as an example. If you had never heard of it, you wouldn't even know that that was a thing. Very true. Do. Yeah. Instead of his overlays and everything. <laughs> true, true, true. Yep, you got me. Yep, very true. Yep. And so I think this, this is the point I was trying to drive is that we need more representation because there needs to be more of a presence of black and brown streamers, of of queer streamers, of women streamers uh, out there giving people the idea that you can be seen. Now, I'm going to bring up a non-hero streamer uh, who I watch a lot in Willow, and she was talking about the importance of she would not, when she was first even trying to come out in 2017, she, there's no representation of being trans on Twitch. There's very little. I mean, there was there was Faye, there was, there was uh, Steph, who was still going by Oddish back then, um, and both of those are gone. Um, Faye left because of HGC being destroyed, and Steph was driven off by harassers um, who just who who were sending her death threats, which is just really upsets me and breaks my heart. Um, and I wouldn't be doing any of this. I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I wouldn't have been writing articles for Trolls GG if it hadn't been for Faye and Steph because. I got, this was the stuff that kind of pushed me to, to like get over my, my problems with my voice to get over, to get over me. If it wasn't for other people like, you know, being there doing it. Like I remember, I remember uh, seeing Faye play for, I think it was cognitive at the time and like just gushing to my wife about, oh my God, there's a trans girl playing competitive heroes of the storm. And then Steph in, in, um, in uh, Heroes of the Dorm, like, oh my god, this trans girl, and she's gonna be in, in, she's gonna be one of the top eight teams in Heroes of the Dorm. It's like, ah. And it's weird for me to say that when I'm like twice Steph's age. <laughs> I'm looking up, I'm looking up to these younger trans girls, like, and I'm like, where was this when I was 20? Where was this when I was 18? And and in my very uh, well-appointed uh, and, and, and apportioned and decorated closet that I still haven't publicly left in real life. No. Um, and it's just like this this importance of representation is you don't see people doing it who are like you. You don't think you can do it. And you have to go do other things. And I think that's why representation matters. For all the reasons you've said, Salvaje, about if it's not seen as an option because it's not in your school because of economics, then this is, again, the whole, me being an intersectional feminist again, is that this is all the stuff intertwines, and it's all built on this uh, same uh, hegemony. Uh, other thoughts about this topic and representation in streaming? I, I can keep going. Please do. <laughs> no one else. You made uh, some amazingly good points. All of them are great. And yeah. I'm, I'm just like even happier that we have you on here. Oh, thank was... you so much. When I was incredibly moved out of 
what would be like the poorer part of town still like <laughs> had like one web design class and I'm just like I don't even know what I don't even know still didn't have um any of those uh cool computer -y. that would have been nice to it would have been much farther ahead I would have been I'm pissed <laughs> you know sometimes Yep. It is what it is. Um, it? it kind of is switching the topic to esport representation in esports, but like the one woman in CCL, she had this whole weight on her shoulders of being the only woman drafted into CCL and had all that like pressure on her from everybody. And that must have been really hard. Never kind of was played and, and then was cut. And Break, would we love you? Come on the show. Um, <laughs> She's and awesome to talk to. She's really good to talk to. She, I, I want to get her on the show. She's on the list of so many people, so many awesome people to get on the show. Yeah, and, but then we had, in the most recent CCL draft, there were only three women who even bothered to submit applications. It seemed to me there were a lot more who had submitted applications for season one. And yeah. there was this chilling effect, because only Breakwood got drafted, and then she got cut like three weeks in, which, okay, you can't blame 30K for that. Fury came up. He was the number one draft pick. He was available. They had to drop somebody. I don't blame Michael at all, and I don't blame 30K for making that move because that was the business move to make. Um, but at the same time... Sucks. <laughs> yeah, because there's all of these, there's all of these women who had, had, who had the same credentials, and I said this when Jazzy was on, I said this when Slexia was on, but the same credentials... As most of the boys who are getting who are getting picked up, all these women who have the same credentials of been in Diamond and Masters, been streaming, been doing this, been doing that. And I understand people picking up the XHGC pros. I get that. But pick if you're not gonna take the chance on the other on, on, on if if you're taking a chance on someone who's never been on a pro team before and you're picking the men instead of the women. You're already picking your team based on gender, mm -hmm. and it and there was so much pushback I got from this on Twitter. And first of all, if you're listening to this show and you're one of the people who are pushing back on me against that, fuck you. Um, <laughs> yes, fuck you. Because because you're wrong and you're wrong about everything. Uh, but I I looked at I looked at the teams every week in CCL, and I don't know why you and Breakwood specifically weren't drafted. And Mercy as well, who should have been drafted. Fuck, CPX is back on a team again. <laughs> yeah, he is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> CPX is garbage. I'm sorry. He's a way better player than I'll ever be. But he's not a better player than you. He's not a better player than Mercy. He's not a better player than Breakwood. And it just it frustrates me to look at this just like, 
how can you keep doing this? And how can we continue to have this problem uh, when we do have really strong, excellent female players who just aren't getting drafted because the teams won't take a chance in them? I, I have a bit of a controversial opinion on this. Go for it. So, you're, you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. No, that's totally fine. I, I tend to look at things objectively. And this is, this is someone I, I don't mean to toot my own horn in any way whatsoever, but I've been master. I've hit GM. I've hit master on multiple occasions. And I've talked with these dudes. This, when it comes to objectively looking at players, and what you just said right now, where you said CPX, you think CPX and I are at the same level. I don't agree. Because CPX... No, I think you're has... better than CPX. <laughs> Here, okay. I don't think you're, I don't think you, I don't think you and CPX are in the same level. I think you're better than CPX. I think Breakwood <laughs> is better than CPX. <laughs> I appreciate that. However, CPX probably has better synergy with the players. They probably have friendships. They probably talk, you know, they talk with one another all the time in the in-houses. They, yes, you know, it's, it feels like a gentleman's club, but I see why, and I understand why. Do I think it's okay? Absolutely not. What I think needed to happen is if we want more representation in CCL, and if CCL, if that's what they want for the league, then you're going to curate from the bottom, and you're going to grab all the master girls, whoever's interested in playing competitive level, you're going to grab them all and try to get them into these in-houses. And be like, hey, get to know these people. Try them out. And that's exactly what Breakwood's doing. Breakwood's a whole different player from season one. Breakwood has increased her roster exponentially. She has so many different characters now. She's playing in these in-houses all the time. And honestly, now I think she's ready. Or I thought, I thought she was ready to go for season two. I was, I was a little back and forth on whether or not she was going to be drafted. Season one. I don't think either of us were ready. And Breakwood and I had a long, long conversation about it, too, because we were, we were the two girls in the spotlight, essentially. We were the ones uh, put on the CCL little spotlight video. We were the ones being retweeted, like the orgs were reaching out to us in our DMs. And we talked to one another like, hey, what do you really think on this? And both of us didn't think we were ready. But it would be really awesome to network with these people and get in these in-houses because we were considered. So when Breakwood was drafted, I was ecstatic. <laughs> I was so excited for her, but I was nervous at the same time because I'm seeing the lineup she's going up against and I'm wondering if they're actually going to put the love and care into, into curating Breakwood to be at the level that the rest of the players are. And they didn't. They, they cut her. She didn't play in a single scrim. She... Like this, these are things that she said too on other shows, so it's not nothing private. Um, and essentially was given that academy team, but then that fell through and it kind of fell apart. Uh, blessed that the other organizations came together to bring her back into the in houses to try to build up that skill again, but that's what needs to happen. And in order to draft women. And to get women to be at the same skill level as these other players, we need to talk to them. We need to play with them. We need to get to know them and build that synergy because that's what's important. And any CCL, look at Oxygen. They're, they're a hot mess because their synergy is just all over the place. 
and that's that's what you see. That's that's the issues that you get when you don't build that synergy with other players. Is just you're a completely different team compared to Wildheart and Simplicity and uh, 30k now is making moves. Hell yeah, you know. Uh, they play together constantly and build friendships with one another and women have to be entered into that space and they have to try to cultivate that friendship with them. But it's hard. It's really hard to go into those spaces and talk to those people. Like you see me in, or I don't know if you see me or not, but in Storm Leagues playing with these big guys, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm with fucking BBJ. I'm with Heavy. I'm, with, I'm playing with Kelsey and Vince. Like what? This is insane. And I'm learning more and more and more. But that's the only way that, we can get in is if we make friends and we network and we develop those relationships and friendships to synergize well with them to know okay this is what pit kid is doing i gotta do this now okay this is what kelsier is doing or whoever all right i'm right here i got your back i got your back but we can't do that if we're not friends yeah okay you make a lot of good points but still (laughs) (laughs) i I want it i want it so bad we wanted you guys drafted we we and 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 again, the synergy the synergy point is really good because a team does need to be synergized, and we understand that. I think but that was still it was really great to hear all of that too. Knowing knowing a little bit more of that makes it. I don't know. I just I kind of get it more. It's it's easier to take right now. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not easy. saying it's right. I'm not saying any. I'm just saying like knowing that it's it's different than not knowing anything and like swinging at, you know, shadow boxing at whatever. Cause you know, now it's like, I feel like if you all know what you're up against, then you're, you're ready for the fight. I'm still, the guys have to open up their arms. Honestly, it's, yeah. that's the biggest issue is the reason why like mercy isn't in there is because you have things like CPX said being said yeah. over and over again. Um, And if you have those stigmas off the bat, like, there's and that really how, do, that, how are you gonna that support really women? Me off. That really pissed me off again because there was an org owner and they're not in the league anymore, so you can figure out who it is. I'm still not saying their name in the show. <laughs> but there was an org owner who made sexist jokes during the first draft and, and, and the fucking casters laughed along with it. Um and there was no reprimand for that, and then defended CPX by saying it's just trash talk. So you know already who I'm talking about. If what you saw was the, video. the sexist comment? Can you say that? I didn't see uh, the video. Yeah, talking about wanting to recruit uh, certain certain uh, men for the team because they were ladies' men. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> I wish it was a funny joke. Like it's not even a fucking funny joke, bro. <laughs> At least make it funny, dude. You can't even write yeah, it off as a joke because it's not funny. Yeah, because it's not funny. It was just like. Why would you even say that? And and they were going, oh, God. I, hate, I mean, yeah, you just have those <laughs> I, I can pull I can pull up the chat. Soph and I were having at the time because we were having a good time with the draft. Oh, yeah. Really excited. And then this joke gets dropped and just like, and our mood just completely changes in our chat for the rest of the draft. And we're just we're just kind of angry for the rest of the draft. And and, and I, I can hear I can hear the bros coming like, well, we can't take a joke. I'm like, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. You made you you. Not me is not a joke. Yeah, and just like. If I didn't laugh, it wasn't funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's what a joke is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, just gotta they gotta open their arms. That's it. The guys and they are they are. I uh, shout out. You know, I'm a stream team partner for Wildheart. I fucking love Wildheart. Like, it was fucking amazing. 
Goon is amazing. Goon, not even just Goon. Goon, uh, the like day is amazing. Slug Hunter is amazing. Um, the CCL team is awesome. Like I have, uh, well, Funds isn't a part of the CCL team anymore, but they 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 join into other things with outside of their little circle. Like I've had Funds join me on my fucking ARAM journeys. I've had <laughs> Unaverted uh, join me for Jackbox uh, Quiplash or for Phasma or um, Among Us things like that. Like they they have the most open arms out of any of the players that I've ever had an interaction with. And That's are awesome. willing to just be like, you know what? You're a homie. Like, come on over here. And I'm like, finally. finally I've been asking for this. Lord, have mercy. It Thank makes, you. It makes us like Wildheart even more, even though we're not done giving them shit over drafting Artanis. <laughs> oh, Wait. God. Yeah. Last, last week. I'm so like, are I, you throwing? Soph and I were just so mad last week because we're, we're both cheering for Wildheart. And it, what are you doing? You know, what? I don't think anyone knows what they're doing, but we're just here for the ride. It's, I, true. I, it's true. I hope they get. It, I hope. I hope they get it worked out by the time we get to playoffs and they win, because I really wanted them to win last last season. And I used to work for Goon on, on Trolls GG, and he'll be on a future episode. But the show is not about Goon. Let's move to the show being about the show, because let's get completely meta. In episode forty eight, we talked about <laughs> the problem of a fan service game, uh, which Heroes of the Storm is definitely a fan service game. Uh, because it's it's the big old what if this character from the Blizzard universe fought this character from the Blizzard universe? It's the it's the Marvel what if of of MOBAs. And one of the things we and I'm going to summarize. This is not everything we talked about, nor is it the ultimate conclusion. But one of the problems that we had was that all the decisions for most of the characters that were made for this game up until a certain point seem to be made with a male perspective in view, either fulfilling a male power fantasy or creating a a male gaze on a, on a female character who was hot to men, generally speaking. Um, and the one thing, and I'm going to bring it, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you to defend it, because um, I know you, I know you're going to have a different perspective because you you bolded this in in the chat when I when I made it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get the skin up here. Let me get let me get one of the one of these. Um, here we go. I'm gonna turn it around, and Varian's disgusting triceps, just like these cancerous things on the back of his arms and certain skins. Oh, ew. Uh, yeah. Yep. Wait, they look like sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> mhm mhm I never noticed and that. The the thing that we the thing that we came down to is that is that like most of the men were either were these monstrous power fantasy things and or or they were boring and the one the one male character I went to bat for and was uh Blaze but only in the skin where he's like mm-hmm. fucking daddy hot, okay? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> you want an original or extra crispy? I want both, <laughs> and then I wanted, and then I wanted a second helping. Please, Daddy. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's this blaze in this skin is fucking hot, and he, but he's not just hot because he's muscly or because he's got a ripped shirt. It's because in his helmet is a picture of his daughter, and he's carrying his daughter's stuffed pig on his belt. And there's a whole story behind the skin and the man, and it's really, really fucking amazing. But, but. We wanted a different perspective because we kind of went off on the boys not being hot and the girls being this thing. And I think that you have a different perspective on the hotness of certain characters. So, 
Go for it, Salai. Oh my god, do you see what's on my screen? I you... see I see <laughs> I see the sexy curious lucha skin. Yeah. For those Chicken who don't stool. know, the sexiest skin in Heroes of the Storm is the Nexomania Luchador Imperious skin. Holy shit, he's got it all. He's got his abs showing. He's sitting down like a cool guy. He's got a nice tight ass in those pants. Come on. How can you deny that this is not the sexiest character in this game, in this skin? Oh my. And he yells at you when you do something wrong? Sign stabs you. Not only does he stab you, <laughs> he holds you up, he looks into your eyes and lets you know you're about to die right now, baby. And I'm like, you know what? Give it to me. That's okay. Is there an Imperious announcer? I think I yes, need to switch all is. my characters to an Imperious announcer right now. Yes, there is. There's an Imperious announcer. But I would I would argue that Imperious Imperius is a character who came in after this when when because I think I don't know if the turning point really is Alex Straza. But Alex Straza is not the Alex Straza that appears in WoW. She is our Lady of the, she is our Lady of the Thighs. Long may she reign. Um, She's huh? much better in Heroes than WoW. I looked her oh, up yeah. on WoW mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this little twig? It's, no thanks." It's true. No, she's she's fucking she, she's she's the first she's the first female character who who we're we're really seeing. Well, not the first because Sonya uh, also. But that's the barbarian model from from Diablo. Um, but you're seeing a character who is more like women, and this is again, again, still attractive, still hot as fuck. Because you know, and we're not saying there's anything wrong with fan service because we we spend a whole bunch of time talking about cross gender fan art of of Overwatch characters, <laughs> and we posted those pictures on Twitter, and we're not ashamed at all. Um, I think Wicked still is 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 uh is lusting after female McCree. Uh, Alex Straza <laughs> oh. <laughs> was probably the first character that I saw that I was like, wait a minute, I could cosplay that without putting anything extra. Like this is just <laughs> Well, I need to lose some weight on the hips, but that's about it. I don't think that I don't think actually I don't think that waist is possible with this amount of boob and butt. But yeah, we'll but she's a dragon. It. She's not actually a person, <laughs> so she can make her body look like look, look like whatever she wants. For those of you who haven't seen uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, you should go watch that. Um, so that's another that's another anime that Soph now has to watch. <laughs> so, uh, but did you have anything else you wanted to add about the sexiness of the characters in the, in in the game? About the sexiness of the characters, I think oh, now. Yeah. Actually, honestly, in gaming in general, I think now there's a lot more body diversity, finally. Because I remember when Overwatch first came out, every model almost had the same body type, and then they released Zarya to kind of counteract all the, uh, the outrage of it, I want to say. And yeah. then also, not to get off topic, but like shout out to Apex Legends if you've ever seen those characters. Yes. They're, they're yeah. the diversity in there. You guys have no idea. There's I think I know three Latinas that are like gaming characters or main characters. And one of them is from Overwatch, Sombra. One of them is from Apex, Loba. And then Mariposa from Dead or Alive. <laughs> Those are the only three I've ever had the experience of knowing and being like, oh my gosh, she's Latina! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh! And getting excited about it. So I'm happy with the way games are going now in regards to representation. 
and I think definitely headed in the right direction. But I, I, I would counter, I would counter your imperious claims with the, with the uh, Malganus. Uh, he, he's too confident. I don't think he's meant for me, to be honest. I think he's okay. meant for a different orientation. <laughs> well then. Yeah, I don't think he's meant for me. Un- unfortunately, <laughs> gay, gay men usually smell the trans on me and go running. So that is my that is my entire existence in grad school. Or I fall wah, for a wah. straight guy so who doesn't want me there. Uh, Wait, can I ask who are your top three hottest characters in Heroes of um, the Storm? Uh, we did that on the episode, and I'm trying to remember who I said, so I'm consistent, oh. but... Uh, I think I went. I think I went joking with uh, uh with uh Ragnaros uh, uh Blaze Death- and Deathwing. and Deathwing. <laughs> oh, because I get it. I get it. Yeah. They're fire. Um, toasty. I tend to. I tend to be more. For me, it's hard because when I look at a character that I'm going to play, I'm looking at someone I'd like to look like, and that's a very different thing. So for me, it was like I think Yorel. Um. Urel, Taronda, and I would say, um, oh, Kira. Not in that Kira's skin. Kira's a hottie. Not in that skin. Uh, I love that skin because it's pink and purple. They needed to give her a booty. I don't know what this, happened there. This skin. Yeah, there's no booty on that. Um, Wicked, what were your three hottest? younger but if i had to pick it's gonna be lunara shut up don't don't even (laughs) dear stuff eh kira also and uh probably tracer just because you know that seems reasonable hey cutie she's cute so Mm. i forgot about kerrigan well toronto's my number one all-time um, favorite. So you have a Toronto hug pillow, don't you? I wish I did. Is the day? Do they make one? Where can I buy one? Link it to me. <laughs> no. Um. Other than that, if they all are kind of blur out to me after Toronto. Uh, hello, Sonia. <laughs> Sonia. Sonia. I I love. Like, see, with Sonia, I don't love her because she's hot, though she is. I love her because the feeling I get when I play her, which is rage and fierceness and leaping on people's faces. Check out Soph's Twitter <laughs> for the rage and the results of those rage. Oh <laughs> what leaming can make you do? Um, <laughs> so, what about you, Svahe? Oh, baby. My list is nice and short. Imp Daddy, because mm-hmm. it's various. Gray yeah. Daddy, that's Gray Mane. Both mm-hmm. forms, whatever, I'm okay. And <laughs> Tyke Speedo Skin. And when you talk, oh, when he lathers his little lotion all over himself, I'm like, okay, the man's got confidence. You can't hate him for it. That's a good one. Oh, this can I is the correct. My list, too. I just his giant I- gun. And he's still got his little jiggle in his belly. Like, you know, he's really fit, but, you know, you can still cuddle with him. He's a big old bear. So <laughs> so since you said Imperious Greymane Tychus, this was coming. Fuck, Mary kill. Oh, no. Fuck, Mary kill? Um, yep. Mary Greymane. Greymane feel like he, he'd take care of me. I'd, I'd, I'd 
is ooh, I almost said something naughty. <laughs> Fuck this shit out of Imperius. Oh my god. And then uh, I guess I'd kill off Tychus because you know he's eye candy, but I don't think he'd be good in a relationship. That's Aww. reasonable. And and Poor since Tychus. we already we already did our Fuck Mary kills in the episode of Slexia, who's coming back in seven episodes for episode sixty nine. Oh bringing, yeah, and bringing Weenus with her. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be, gonna be a good one. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's gonna be our most popular episode ever, <laughs> as it should be. So we're gonna end the show. We've been going for an hour and a half, which is fantastic. We could have gone a lot longer and a lot deeper on all these topics. That was not <laughs> to be longer joke. and deeper. <laughs> but I want to end with uh, just Savahe telling us more about what she's doing and where you can find her. And I was kind of curious about. Uh, gaming CCS, which I saw you were a host of, and if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I'll start off with where you can find me. So you can find me on twitch.tv slash Salvaje Gaming. You can find me on Twitter at Salvaje Gaming, and you can find me on YouTube at Salvaje Gaming. Make it nice and easy for you. I stream every day from 2.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday to sa- Monday, and every Saturday we host Sal- Salva Social Saturday which is where I play community games with community members. We'll play ARAMs. We'll play Jackbox games. We'll play Among Us, Phasmophobia. phasmophobia. Uh, you name it, we'll play it uh, every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so it's CCS Heroes. It's Can't Counterpick Stupid. They're an organization that hosts the Nexomania tournament. And uh, they have for every once a month on a Saturday they do what are called development classes and courses where they they ask many people in the Here's a Storm community who are at a higher level of play or who are analyzers, who are coaches, who are CCL players, grandmaster players, and they'll bring them on and they'll host different presentations about a particular topic. Like one of them we had draft techniques or drafting strategies, recognizing your win condition in the game. And we had Breakwood for one of them. And they are a family-friendly community, so it's actually very different than most communities that are in Heroes of Storm. They're completely PG and run their Discord for to be in a complete safe environment. And then what I host is called the CCS Master Class. And we do something similar with the other development courses, and we bring someone on. We had Breakwood on the Master Class. And they just let us know the topic they wish to present, and to help improve the community of Heroes of the Storm and go from there. And it's been really awesome, been really successful. I've been having a lot of fun hosting it and learning a lot about hosting. I've never done it before, so this was a great opportunity to try to gain that skill. And you should definitely check it out. The They haven't set a date for, date for the next one yet, but if you join the CCS Discord, you can find all the dates there. And they have the Masterclass once a month. That sounds really awesome. And you should follow Savahe at all her places as she's trying to uh, do more stuff and grow as a streamer. And we are so proud to have had you on. Uh, you brought even more to the show than I thought you were going to bring, which is always a great surprise. <laughs> and we can't wait to have you on again sometime in the future. Um, hopefully after you get your thousand followers this August, which is the deadline you've set for yourself, mm-hmm. or the goal you've set for yourself. So we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up here. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at q for fun You can email us at q for fun at gmail.com. You can find our show on pretty much all of your podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
uh, Amazon and Google Podcasts. We are not going on Stitcher Radio, though. That's not that's never happening. Um, Royal is not here, but you can find her. She's changed her Twitter to not be really about hot Seymour, but about promoting her daughter's artwork, which is actually very fabulous. And you can find it at Royalite. Uh, you can find Wicked Kitten at Wicked Kitten 13. Wicked, what are you up to? Oh, well, uh, recorded episode 82 of Hearth Casual, which is still out there to be consumed. Um, you'll notice it's 82 and not 81. We had a very special, special guest, as we've talked about before, but, you know, I'm just reiterating. Um, <laughs> you know who that special mm-hmm. guest was? Yeah, it was me. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> also, I, I work behind the scenes on a on America's Next Top Podcaster, and we just released this past week, we released the last episode. So now you know who is America's Next Top Podcaster. So, you know, download that wherever, you know, you get podcasts or whatnot, or um, go to America's Next Top Podcaster.com. And oh, so? Wait. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> twitch.tv slash wicked kitten 13 i quit love you don't quit you're not allowed to quit you have to stay in the show until it's over and it's never going to be over your contract is for life for life four 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 life so for shia where can we find you uh you can find me on twitter at lisa 3325 because that's my real name don't tell anybody um and you can also find me apparently now being like a healer main in Stormblink, uh, with my Tyrande and my Lucio, and, and it's awesome. Do, and doing fantastic. Uh, you can find me at Anne underscore Elise uh, next Tuesday, the twenty fifth. I will be on uh, Willie Dills's Hard Edition podcast. Uh, he's inviting me on, and I'm making the call here because I I said this to to. Uh, to uh, Roe after we recorded Hearth Casual that he needs to have Q for Fun come back because Soph needs to be on more podcasts too. And this is not an announcement yet. We're going to be talking about this more as things are coming out. We've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. We mentioned it through your anniversary. There will be more stuff coming from the four of us in the future. We've got a lot of ideas and we found out about that Spotify hosting, which is not which does not cost ten bucks a month. It's free, and we might be doing a ton more shows when we have the time and the inclination to do it. The Sex in the City podcast is happening. Uh, yes, it's yes. it's yeah. So there's 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 lots of stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, we hope you we hope you're interested in it. We hope you tune into it. And if no one listens, we'll still do it because we like talking to each other. So no, 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 no. Wicked. Anything to add as we make our way out? Just want to reiterate that representation in gaming is important. For sure. Hey. Thank you, Self? Well, I just want to thank Salvaje for coming on. It's been a pleasure getting to talk to you. Uh, so thank you. And what is it I usually say? Good luck and have fun. That's what I said. do you have a tagline for us? No, I don't have a tagline, but thank you guys so much for having me on the show. It was a really eye-opening conversation that we had here, and I hope people get some use out of it. Listen to it, because it's some important topics we talked about. Also butts. We also talked about butts. We did talk about butts. We always always (laughs) end up talking about butts. Royal, it's not here to do it for us, so I will say it. Uh, 
may the core fall in your favor. <laughs>